Okay. So it's the 16th of June, day uh, 712 of lockdown. Uh, these are more thoughts. Unfiltered, uncensored, and unedited from my head. Uh, I've, been, I've been thinking about spies a lot. Like spies. In the media, obviously, like not real spies. I don't know what real spies do. Uh, but like spies as are portrayed in TV and film. That's the thing I've been thinking about. Um, interestingly, uh, in Angel, the TV series, he's a, he's a private detective. He's not a spy, so I won't be talking about Angel. Uh, I've been watching, re-watching Past of Interest, as I've said, on this, the, on this, on this before. And uh, the main character, John Reese, is a former spy. So there's like flashbacks to his time as a spy, like working for the CIA. And it's just made me think about spies. Uh, it's such a weird thing. Uh, spies, because uh, I, I don't know if I like spies. <laughs> like, it's a bold, bold statement. Like, I don't know if I like spies. It's not necessarily I don't like this, the, the shows that are on, or the films are on. In fact, I'll get to one later, which is a huge which will prove everything I'm going to say for the next, like, five minutes a lie uh, by the end. Uh, but, like, James Bond, right? That's what I mean. What I think I mean is I don't like James Bond. Uh, this is weird to me, because I used to watch... Since I can remember, I've seen every James Bond film in the cinema. Like, since Goldeneye. No, wait. Since Tomorrow Never Dies, I would have been too young to see Goldeneye. Because uh, I came out in 95, I would have been 8. Actually, maybe I did go see Goldeneye. But I certainly played the, the computer game. I've talked about that here. Uh, and I loved the computer game. I think that's the thing. I loved being James Bond in the Nintendo 64 game Goldeneye. And also I had a friend who was obsessed with James Bond. So it just sort of became this thing where I was like, oh yeah, I like James Bond. Um... And don't get me wrong, some of the films are good, like Goldfinger is a, is a fun film. Uh, it's really well made. Um, on, Her Majesty's, on Her Majesty's Secret Service is genuinely a really good film. With a kind of wooden main character, like because it's, that's the George Lyson one. As a whole, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a hot take to say that James Bond is a horrible misogynist. Uh, like... M literally says it in, I think it's in Goldeneye, <laughs> she calls him uh, a misogynist, no wait, it's in Casino Royale, isn't it? and one of them she calls him a misogynist dinosaur, and that's the thing, Casino Royale, also really good, like, I when he, when, like, genuinely rebooted it, I saw Casino Royale, and I was like, oh, they're gonna fix the stuff I hate about James Bond, then he spent, like, the next four films doing what I hated about James Bond. And what I don't like about it is it's just so... Well, for a start, again, it's so male. Uh, even with M or... Uh, with the, the new Money Penny or... Like, just the whole way the Bond girls are treated is super weird. And kind of, like, and very fetishy. And I don't, I don't like it. Also, again, not a, not a hot take. Uh... 
the Roger Moore films, I think, I think I like one, I think I like The Spy Who Loved Me, and that's it. And part of that is because, uh, no, For Your Eyes Only, that's one I like. Sorry, <laughs> they get, they all get murder mad. Uh, whichever the one is where he has a friend, he, he's got a friend who has a female spy who survives the whole film. Uh, and actually gets to do some spy shit. Uh, but yeah, generally, uh, I don't know. Like I say, I used to be, like, it was something that me and a friend of mine were really, were into. Like, that was a bonding thing. Like, I remember uh, he had the um, CD of the Bond themes, and we would play the game where he would randomly select a, a track, and we'd have to guess what it was quickly. Which, I mean, you can see the flaw in this game. Like, name that tune works because it can be like literally thousands of songs, right? Like, it's like you're trying to figure out what song it is from all of the songs ever. Whereas we were going from like, at that stage, about like 19 songs. <laughs> 19 songs? Uh, so it was just a case of whoever said it first. Uh, <laughs> it's not, not really a game. But yeah, like. I don't know if it is even Don't Chase Murder, I don't like, uh, like, I think, because I don't mind stupid action films, and the Bond films are stupid action films, I think more than they are spy films, like proper spy films are like Hitchcock's, like, spy films, you know, like, uh, North by Northwest is fantastic, Notorious is really fun, uh, like, those are great, those are good fun, I think, I want them. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, like the the most recent uh, adaptation of that, the one with Gary Oldman, in twenty eleven, I want to say, maybe twenty ten. Uh, doesn't matter. You can look it up. Uh, like uh, that's really good. I don't know because I've I've talked about this before again that I, I usually prefer characters driven things to plot driven things. And I think a lot of spy stuff can be plot driven. But even then, like, James Bond films don't, like, the plots don't really make sense, you know? Whereas, like, these, um, like, these are more old fashioned spy films. You know, like, the Hexcock Cons I was talking about, those are very, like, twisty and turning. Like, oh no, who can you trust? Oh, and that's fun. That can be fun. That can be really fun. Oh, obviously the most recent spy thing I've seen is uh, Killing Eve, and Killing Eve is so weird. Uh, I don't. I think I love Killing Eve, <laughs> uh, but actually, I'm not sure if I do or rather I just love all of those actors. Like that's an example of a character-driven spy thing. Like the spy stuff in the background of Killing Eve is basically nonsense. Like, it doesn't really make sense. It's just an excuse for these characters to interact. Uh, if you're not seen Killing Eve, it's about uh, uh, a woman who works for the government. She's not a spy. Her name is Eve Palastri. She's not a spy. Uh, she's a, like a researcher for MI5, I think. Specifically not a spy. Who gets dragged into the spy world because she becomes an expert on a female assassin called uh, Villanelle. Uh, 
and it, it's it's queer as hell. Uh, because they both become obsessed with with each other, and it's super queer. Um, in a way that is unexpected, and then kind of becomes annoying. Uh, because it's like, oh, are they just baiting us? And then well, we're three seasons in, and it's still very, it's still jury's still out, but it's still, it's like uh, Jodie Comer plays Eva uh, now, and it's incredibly compelling. Uh, Sandra Oh, uh, who is always incredible, plays Eve Blastery. She's so good, and I got Fiona Shaw uh, as uh, Caroline. I cannot remember her surname. <laughs> uh, who is Eve's boss, and she's a proper old school spy, and like there's uh, another main character, and I cannot remember his name. He is Danish, Kim Bodnia. That's the character. That's the actor's name. Uh, yeah, but and they're like they're like the proper old school spies, so they sort of almost poke fun at those old school spy things, like not in a Austin Powersy way. Uh, actually, there's a there's a film I enjoyed that was a spy movie, Spy, with Melissa McCarthy. If you've not seen that, it's much better than you'd expect, and Jason Statham is hilarious in it, which is like I don't understand the concept of Jason Statham being hilarious, but he he actually is. Um, yeah, I recommend that film. Uh, <laughs> I'd forgotten that that film existed until I think until uh, Austin Powers reminded me because those are films that I really I, I enjoyed when I was younger because I saw them when I was a teenager. Like, um, I think The Spy Shagged Me was the first 12 I saw or something. Or maybe the first 15. It was certainly like one of those things where I was like, oh, I can go and see this film now. And it was like naughty and oh. And also, the second one has Heather Graham in it, and Heather Graham is amazing. So, I don't know if they hold up, but they almost definitely don't. <laughs> they almost definitely are trash, but I enjoy the one I But anyway, all of this is to say, I've got a really weird like thing about spies. Like, the spy stuff in Person of Interest is so like separate to the stuff because it's, a, it's because it's in flashbacks and like obviously stuff from those flashbacks affects the present that's how flashbacks in television work uh, like, they don't just go and oh, here's a flashback that has absolutely no relevance to his present situation like here's just a thing that john remembers uh that would be that would be wild i would love that if you had a flashback to him like having having an ice cream and you're going oh something bad's gonna happen then he's gonna eat ice cream he's gonna remember it later and then nothing actually happens, and we just flash back to him as a kid, eating ice cream, and it's never mentioned again. <laughs> I mean, that's bad writing, right? <laughs> it's not like uh, just that, that's why we, that's why that doesn't happen. But yeah, so the spy stuff is so like it's it's an intricate part of John's backstory, but it's not the main focus of the show. Um, and again, all of this is just an excuse for me to talk about the Americans. Uh, oh my god, guys. Anyone, oh my god, guys. Anyone who knew me, like, for the five years the Americans was on TV has heard me recommend this TV show so much. It's, it's, it's definitely the best TV show I've seen in the past ten years. Like, 
yeah, no, it's like I had to. I, I was going to think about it. I went, no, I don't have to. No other show has, I think, nailed exactly what it's going for as much as the Americans. So I'll give you a quick rundown of what the Americans is, and it doesn't. It's an intriguing premise, but it's not like a knockout premise, right? So, 1980s, height of the Cold War. Uh, you know, America versus Russia, in case you're not familiar with the main players in the Cold War. So, our main characters are uh, Philip and Elizabeth Jennings, who are uh, travel agents. Uh, they have t- two kids, they live in a suburban house. Uh, and I was going to say I don't know where it is, but it's, it's in Washington. Uh, <laughs> it's in Washington. Cool. Uh, except they are not those two people at all. They are Russian spies. Um. Uh, God, my alarm's going off. I don't know why it's doing that. Is that in case I fell asleep? I'm leaving this in. I don't edit these things. But I am going to have to go and uh, make sure I've not switched on any of her alarms. Oh yeah, I had. Oh well. Well, that could have got messy. <laughs> so yeah, they're not Philip and Elizabeth Jennings at all. They are Misha and... Oh, actually, I think... Again, sorry, I think it might be a spoiler. I think we don't actually find out whether their real names are for ages. <laughs> um... But we do find out, we do know, it's not a spoiler for me to tell you that they are Russian spies. Uh, who are, they're deep cover. Like, they came here years ago and have, to the point where they, like, they have a teenage daughter. Right, I think she's like 14 or 15 in the first season. Uh, like, they are embedded. And this is the thing that the Soviets actually did. Right, and I say Russia, I, say, I did say Russia and uh, America. Obviously, that's inaccurate. There's no such thing as Russia at this point. They are the Soviet Union. Uh, like, I mean, that they, they don't make that kind of mistake. I do. So they're living their lives, and they are, uh, now that now that they're kids, and they've got a younger uh, they've got a younger son as well, who's like preteen. Like, or no, he's like I think he's just a teenager. Like, he's like twelve, I think, or like ten, eleven. He's old enough that Paige can look at Paige's the the daughter. <laughs> can look after him which means and because of uh, increasing tensions that are happening as as uh, as when we join in the show uh, alongside like which is uh, these tensions are all real life tensions like it, it shows news reports from the time a lot to sort of position you and to sort of show you like what's actually happening and deals with actual real life events that, the, that between Russia and America and because of this stuff is escalating, they're activated, essentially. Like, they've been doing, like, basic stuff the whole time, but they're activated as, like, proper spies. At the same time this happens, an FBI agent moves into the house across the road from them. <laughs> um, uh, which is a either... Uh, means they're blown, or it's a wild coincidence. Uh, I'll give you a clue. It's the more fun one of those two <laughs> that allows the show to continue for five seasons. Uh, they certainly think they are blown. 
Uh, and what follows is, like, I think it's five seasons, it might even be six seasons. It's so... It's hard to explain why the Americans are so good. Part of it is the tension. Uh, that's the main part of it, I think. It's just the tensest show on TV. Um, a lot of like spy stuff, it's just like, it's fun and silly. It's like, oh, this guy's basically invincible. You know, like, Jason Bourne is basically invincible. James Bond is basically invincible. Uh, Philip and Elizabeth and other spies that we meet are, like, very capable, but they're not invincible. They're incredibly human. Uh, part of that's because it's a TV show and we get to see the consequences of stuff. And part of that's just the fact that, um, well, again, the characters are so good. Uh, Matthew Reese plays uh, Philip and Kerry Russell plays Elizabeth. And the fact that I think they were both nominated for the last season for Emmys, uh, the fact they weren't nominated every year and winning every year is insane. Uh, they are so... Like, the show wouldn't work if they weren't so incredible. Oh, and here's the other thing. They were assigned to be married to each other. Right? They didn't fall in love. They were assigned to be married to each other. So it looks into what that's like. Like, what is their relationship like in real life? Like, when they're not putting on a show. When they're not, you know, mum and dad to two teenage kids. Who are, like, who are they to each other? How do they relate to each other? That's a huge part of it. And, like, that whole family dynamic is so fun as well, like... It's this whole thing of their kids are growing up in a really tough time where the world is un there's uncertainty in the world. Uh, and they are raising them as Americans. But the uh, but the Russian, like the Soviet belief system is so different, right? Especially at that, like at that time, it's so different. Like America is the enemy to them. And they have to raise them to be American teens in the 80s, the time of, like, the most excess in capitalism that there is. So there's that, that's that whole thing. But even, so, like, that's the family drama of it. There's the, there's the, um, the way they interact with Agent Beeman, uh, played by, uh, Noah, oh my gosh, I blanked, I blanked on his name, I was going to say Noah Emmerich, but that's not right. Noah Bamba, no, not Bamba. I totally blanked on his name. He's great, anyway. <laughs> That's so weird. You know when sometimes you just can't remember someone's name? Can't remember his name. Uh, I think it's Noah something. Anyway, he's very good. And, like, their relationship with him is really interesting. Especially Philip. Because uh, obviously they're suspicious of him. But then, like, he's their neighbour. <laughs> They've got to be neighbourly. Uh... There's so many other really interesting characters that crop up throughout the show. Um, like uh, Margot, uh, <laughs> beloved character actress Margot Martindale uh, regularly shows up. Uh, she shows There's one season where she shows up for one scene and wins an Emmy. Uh, <laughs> whether it's deserved or not, you can decide. But like, uh, she's great. And it, uh, Franklin Gala is incredible in it. Dylan Baker has a great bit. Like, it's just a murderous role of really good actors doing really good performances and really good stints. And here's the thing. You're never sure how long they're going to stick around. 
because the Americans is brutal. <laughs> like, it is. Like I was saying before how tense it is. That tension sometimes gets released in really unexpected, violent ways. Um, like, uh, the way an episode of the... Uh, the way a season of the Americans works, the way the Americans works in the whole is we see the Jenningses like, put on, like, like, fake wigs and, like, moustaches and glasses and, like, just, like, proper full-on disguises, very elaborate disguises, um, and, and sort of engage assets. So, like, get, like, if somebody, if, like, the, we talk, the, we'll see one of them, like, wearing a wig and building up a relationship with someone. But what the show does fantastically is it never shows, it, well, very rarely shows us them getting their instructions, right? There's no bit where they say, where they go, okay, so here's the plan. So they, we just see them doing stuff. Like, there's one, there's one season where Philip is talking to a woman for, like, nine episodes before you have any idea who she really is. But the show shows you her talking to them, and there's still tension, because you're still, like, what is happening here? What's going on? We, she must be important. Like, it doesn't tell us anything until we need, until we need to know it. So, like, we'll, like suddenly we'll go, oh, he is the guy who has the keys to get into this place, which they need to do to get this. <laughs> but we've not told that for ages, so we're just like, why is Elizabeth just hanging out with this guy? <laughs> and some of those, like, assets and their relationships with those assets is, incredible, like, so fascinating. Because these are real human beings, you know? They're not written as uh, like plot devices. They're written as real human beings who the Jennings have a f an effect on. And again, like I say, sometimes the consequences are horrific. <laughs> um, there, is, there are some scenes in this which I had to turn away from because the sound design um, <laughs> makes everything so much worse like this. The, the, the no show has like a crunching bone sound effect as good as the Americans. I can't. God, there's so much I want to go into about it that would just be a huge spoiler. Because <laughs> it gets so. Like the plots get really intricate. But more importantly, we see the pressure it puts on these two characters. Because they are living. Not just a double life, like, they are living multiple fake, like, full, fully realised identities. And they both, and it's the way they diverge in their, their interactions, the way that they, they both, the way, not interactions, um, the way they diverge in their, uh, I guess reactions, like, to what's happening is fascinating. Ah, oh, it's so good. Like, it's so good. I think it's all on Netflix at the moment. <sighs> I need to rewatch it all. It also has an incredible finale. Uh, like, <laughs> this. Okay, I'll explain one, one. I'll use one example. It's not really a spoiler, because I'll be vague enough that it's not a spoiler. There's one episode that is where they are trying to. They and some other agents. 
Uh, some of whom we've met before, some of whom we have not and do not ever meet again, which is very interesting, are trying to break into a military like base to dig something up. Uh, at no point in this episode does anyone really speak. Right? We see them making their way into the space, making their way to the right place, digging something up, uh, and extracting it, right? That's what we see. And it's like the whole episode is just that. Uh, and it's the tensest hour of television I have ever watched. Because there's a point where you realise, you're like, okay, so we've been watching these guys do, we've watched these guys do this one mission for like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. And something's definitely going to go wrong. Otherwise, why would they be showing you each and every individual moment, right? And it's every moment, like, it's the, the, the them talking to the guard, uh, or them running a guard off the road. Like, it's, it's so interesting, right? And it's just so well done. Uh, the FBI, the, the sort of, the 80s FBI office is a, an incredible set. It has a male robot. Uh, if you ever read the AV Club, um... Recaps of the show. We're obsessed with the male robot, and I am also obsessed with the male robot. It is a little scootery robot that tr- that delivers mail to people's uh, that delivers mail to people's uh, desks. And this was a real thing that real people had in the eighties. And why do we not have male robots now? And that's male M A I L. Just in case anyone was confused. Um, okay, so yeah, I've, I've rambled on enough. Uh, stay, stay home. No wait, stay well, stay safe, stay home, stay educated, stay informed. Um donate where you can. You know, keep sharing keep sharing like resources. And uh if you want to send me a mail robot again, M A I L I've got no interest in an M A L E robot. Uh, then you know, get get in touch, uh, and uh, we can do it through the back channels, the spy channels. Uh, thank you, comrade. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name has been Paradroy. Thank you very much, and goodbye.